This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a genuine pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We certainly appreciate those of you who are watching at this time, especially if you may be watching for the very first time. We appreciate those who watch every time we come on the air. And we trust that you'll be telling someone else about getting to know your Bible. Now today on our telecast, our theme is entitled, Preaching Jesus. Preaching Jesus. And I don't know of a theme that's needed anymore today than Jesus. Now on our telecast, we continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course. I'd like to emphasize that it is free. Thousands of people all over the United States and in many, many foreign countries are studying this course. We want to make it available to each one of you today. In order that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading today from the 8th chapter of Acts. But I want to read from Acts chapter 8, beginning at verse 26, and we'll be reading to the end of the chapter. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of her treasure, had come to Jerusalem to worship was returning and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this, he was led as a, sh a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom do the, uh, does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture preached Jesus to him. As they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. 
But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. The book of Acts is a book of conversions. It is a history of how people were converted to Christ, and it is also a history of the New Testament church. One of the things that we might observe from studying the book of Acts, and especially the reading that we're considering today, if we today would do what the people did of whom we read in the book of Acts, we will become what they became and we will have the same blessings that they had. You see, God's law of induction into the church has not changed. God's law of becoming Christians has not changed. Now, the text that I've read to you from the 8th chapter of Acts tells us about a man from Ethiopia. He had been up to Jerusalem to worship. He's now on his way back home. And he is confronted by Philip the evangelist. I want us to look at some interesting things about this man's conversion. First of all, there was the role that an angel played in his conversion. Notice in the 26th verse, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the way which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, the angel did not speak to the eunuch. The angel spoke to the preacher. And the angel commanded the preacher to go toward the south. This is where he was going to come in contact with the man from Ethiopia. Then in verse 29, there's the role that the Holy Spirit played. The Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake his chariot. So the Spirit instructed the preacher to go where he and the eunuch would be able to get together. So there is the role of the Holy Spirit. Now there is the role that Philip the evangelist played in this conversion. Notice in verse 30, Philip ran to him. And heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and he asked him this question, Do you understand what you're reading? So he went to him. He asked him if he understood what he had read. Now the officer was puzzled about what he had read. If you'll notice in verses 32 and 33 again, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So he asked the question, in verse 34, Now who is this man talking about? He asked the question of, of who is he talking about? Is he talking about himself? Is he talking about some other man? Now in the 35th verse, the Bible says that Philip began at the same scripture and he preached unto him Jesus. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing 
if we could preach Jesus to the whole world today. But let me ask you a question. When it says he began at the same scripture, where was he reading? Well, he was reading from the book of Isaiah found in the Old Testament. And the way that our English Bibles are divided by chapters and verses, he was reading from the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 53 begins with this question, Who hath believed our report? And it says, To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? You see, the providence of God surrounded the Son of God. He said, He shall grow up before Him as a tender plant. Jesus Christ was a human, and He came into this world as a tender plant or as a child. I'm thinking now about a passage in the 128th Psalm where the psalmist talks about children being like olive plants round about your table. And then he says, he is despised and rejected of men. That's the attitude the world had in opposition to the ministry of Jesus Christ. And then Isaiah said, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Jesus was wounded and he was made to suffer for the reconciliation of man to God. Then he said he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. In silent innocence, Jesus went to the cross. And then in Isaiah 53, he said he made his grave with the wicked. When Jesus died, he died with evil men. There were three crosses at Calvary, Jesus on the center cross, thieves on either side. And then he said, and he made his grave with the rich in his death. He was buried in a rich man's grave. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. You see, the death of Jesus was a part of satisfying the justice of God. And then Isaiah said, thou, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin... Jesus offered his life upon the cross of Calvary for the sins of the world. And then Isaiah said, He shall see his seed. He shall pro prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. His days were prolonged by his resurrection, and his seed was perpetuated through the gospel and those who obeyed the gospel. Then Isaiah said, He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. The death of Jesus satisfied the infracted law. And then Isaiah said, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great. Jesus won the spoils of victory in triumph over death, hell, and the grave. And then he said, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, he came into the world as a sin offering to intercede for sinners. All of this from Isaiah was about the Lord Jesus Christ. This involved the teaching and preaching Jesus Christ to him involved the teaching 
of the commands of Jesus Christ. Evidently, when Philip taught the eunuch, beginning at that same scripture, in Isaiah chapter 53, he preached faith in Christ. Because the man said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Evidently, he preached something about baptism. Because the man asked the question, what doth hinder me? What keeps me from being baptized? Baptism is a command of our Lord in the giving of the Great Commission. Jesus said, "Go, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So in preaching Jesus Christ from starting in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, This involved many things concerning Jesus Christ. This involved the teaching of the promise of Christ. Jesus promised the remission of sin. In Luke the 24th chapter and verse 47, Jesus said that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. It was in the city of Jerusalem when the apostle Peter preached the first recorded gospel sermon that people asked, what shall we do? And the the answer was, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. So when you preach Jesus, you preach things that involve the commands of Jesus. You preach and teach things concerning the promise of Christ, the promise of the remission of sin of our sins. But now let's think about the eunuch. What was the role of the eunuch? We've seen the role of the angel. We've seen the role of the Holy Spirit. We've seen the role of the evangelist was to teach this man. But what about the eunuch? His role was to accept what he heard. I have preached many, many sermons that people have not accepted. But this man accepted what he heard. He asked the question, what hinders me from being baptized? And the answer was, if you believe, you may. And so he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, the only thing that one has a right to be asked before they are baptized is what this man was asked. And he was asked, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? It says, if you believe, you may. And he he answered by saying that he did believe. So the only thing we have a right to ask anyone before they are baptized is about their faith in Jesus Christ. We're not to ask them, do do, do they believe that God for Christ's sake has pardoned their sins? Because you see, their sins have not yet been pardoned. And so after the man made his confession of faith in Christ, he, he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. Now what is it that is involved in biblical baptism? Well, there are several things we can notice right here. 
First of all, there must be a coming to the water. They came to, to a certain water. And then they went down into the water. There must be a going down into the water. And then there must be a coming up out of the water. But what do you do once you come to the water, go down into the water, and come up out of the water? Well, there is to be a burial in that water. Colossians 2 and 12 says, Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also you're risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God. So the role of the eunuch in this example is to accept what he heard. He accepted it. He asked why he could not be baptized. And he was told that if he believed that he could, and he said, I believe. And he was baptized that very day. Well, what was the role that the Lord played in all of this? The role that the Lord played was the work of saving this man. You see, in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, we're told that God would have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And it is God's desire even today to save all men who come to Him and in, in obedience to His divine will. And so it is God's desire. His work is the same now. God doesn't want anyone lost. I, I can't imagine why anyone would ever think that God would want anyone lost. In 2 Peter 3 and 9, we're told that the, God would have all men to come to repentance. Now here's something we need to ask ourselves. What hinders you from being baptized? Do you believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Are you willing to repent of your sins? Well, what hinders you? Well, someone sometimes people say, well, Brother Lambert, the reason that I... I've not been baptized. It's because I know for a fact that there are people in the church that don't live right. As a matter of fact, I, I believe some of them are hypocrites. Well, I'm not going to deny the fact that sometimes there are people that, in that attend church services on a regular basis that not, may not be living right when they're not there. But, but that should not keep us from doing what we know is right. I've often thought if there was only one person going to heaven, I believe I'd want that to be me. What about you? Someone says, well, Brother Lambert, what I need is a little bit more time to make up my mind. I've been watching you on television now for a long time, and I've been listening to these lessons that you teach. And I tell you, I'm thinking about it. I'm giving it some consideration. I've been visiting the church of Christ and I've been studying my Bible, but, but what I need is a little bit more time. I'd like to tell you, you don't have that option. The Bible says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for a man doth not know what a day may bring forth. We may not have more time. Well, someone says, I just don't think I know enough. I don't think I know enough yet. Well, let me ask you a question, just how much do you know? How much do you really know about the Bible? Could I ask you three questions? Number one, do you know Jesus loves you and that Jesus died to save you? Do you know that God loves you and that God gave His Son? You know what the Bible says? For God so loved the world 
but He gave His only begotten Son. And the reason He gave that Son is that we should not perish. Do you know that? You say, well, yes, I know that, Brother Lambert. Well, let me ask you something else. Uh, do, do you know that if a person doesn't have Jesus in their life, that they're lost without Him? You say, well, yes, Brother Lambert, I, I think I understand that. In Ephesians, the second chapter in verse 12, the Bible says that, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, without, without God and without hope. I can't think of a more dismal picture painted anywhere in all of the Bible than the picture of people being without Christ, without God, without hope. Let me ask you, do you have that hope today? Somebody says, well, I, I know Jesus loved me, and I, and I know that he died to save me. Well, let me ask you another question. Do you know what to do? Do you know what the Bible teaches that one must do in order to be saved? You say, well, now, Brother Lambert, I've been studying those lessons that I received in that Bible course, and I've been listening to what you teach out of the Bible on getting to know your Bible. And I know that you're supposed to believe in Jesus. That's exactly right. And I know you can't go to heaven unless you're willing to, to repent of your sins. Well, that's exactly right. And I know that you're supposed to, to confess that you believe in Jesus, just like this man in Acts 8th chapter. That's exactly right. And I know that Jesus said that if you believe and if you're baptized, you'll be saved. That's exactly right. You see, if you know those three things, if you know that, that Jesus died to save you, if you know you're lost without Jesus, and you know what to do, then you know enough to be saved. Just do it. You know, this man from Ethiopia could have said to, to Philip the evangelist, Now all that you said makes sense to me, Philip, but I just need to think about it for a while. And next year, I'll be going back up to Jerusalem to worship. And I tell you what, you give me some time to think about it. As a matter of fact, you give me until next year to think about it. And we will meet here again next year. And I will give you my decision. I'm thankful the story doesn't end this way. Here is a man who heard a preacher preach one lesson about Jesus. He heard it one time. And he was ready and he was willing to give his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he was baptized, and when he came up out of the water, the Bible says that he went on his way rejoicing. Why do you suppose that it says he went on his way rejoicing? Well, you say, I suppose he went on his way rejoicing because now he was saved. That's exactly right. He, he went on his way rejoicing because his sins had been washed away by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
He went on his way rejoicing because now he had been translated out of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. He went on his way rejoicing because now he had Christ. He went on his way rejoicing because now he had hope. He went on his way rejoicing because now he had God on his side. And I want every man and woman under the sound of my voice right now to be able to have what this man had. Oh, I ask, what are you waiting on? You're not waiting because it's going to be easier later on. No, no. And you're not waiting because you have plenty of time. No, no. You're not waiting because it's God's will that you wait. No, no. God says do it now. Do it today. Why are you waiting? And there have been people who've gone out into eternity just waiting. 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 And I'd urge you to give your life to Christ. This is an example of conversion found in your Bible in Acts chapter 8. And if we would do what this man did, he believed on Christ, he confessed faith in Christ, he was baptized into Christ, he went on his way rejoicing. And you, my friend, can do the very same. Please, please don't wait. Waiting is a dangerous, dangerous thing. There are many people who have planned to become a Christian at 11 o'clock and die at 10.30, so to speak, because we die before we plan to. I would urge you now to become a child of God as did the man from Ethiopia. In the closing moments of our telecast today, I want to urge you to, to avail yourself of the opportunity of visiting the Church of Christ in your community. You'll find people who will assist you in your obedience to the gospel. You'll find people who will help you study the Bible more, to learn more, and to understand more about the things we've talked about today. I want to also urge you to pick up the telephone and call the number that you have been given to receive the free Bible correspondence course. Please don't hesitate to do that. It will help you to understand the things that we've studied today as well. And so I want to thank you for watching today, and it is my desire and my prayer that everyone go to heaven, but we have got to do it God's way. His way is not just the best way. God's way is the only way. It's the only way. And I want to thank you for listening today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you 
or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.